the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch, this is thank you to NIL. Oh, what a special and wonderful Friday it is, Michael. It's a Friday morning. We got, it's the final four for one, but it's just even, it's a little extra special today and I can't really put, oh, that's right. That's right. It's your birthday today, Mr. Birthday Boy. Yep. Look at that. Look True. at that. What, how, how well you lined up. A little birthday weekend for your boy. You got your beloved Duke Blue Devils taking on North Carolina. I mean, we're just, let's just give listeners, like, how are the vibes today? Well, I mean, listen, Coach K doesn't want to publicly and like speak on it because he's got to appease his donors and the, and the powers to be at Duke. But he's doing this for me. He's really like he called me and he said, I, I really am pushing this out for you because I really want to do this for you. My last little send off uh, at the end of my career, my present to you. So he, he asked me to keep that down the DL, but he told me I could break it on our pod. So it's a special morning. It's my birthday. Nobody gives a fuck when you're 29, truthfully. Like, it, when, when you turn 30, I feel like there's a little something there because then it's like we're just celebrating imminent death. But I'll take it. I'll take it. We're going golf right. today, Kyle. Got a coffee in me. Took a dip. I mean, every, everything's every, – all signs are pointing up. Right. You know, and, that, like, really everyone's wondering, you know, is this the year you finally grow up? No. <laughs> We all we all know that I'm gonna drink way too many fucking cervezas today, and I'm gonna be fucking dragging ass tomorrow. And so no, no, Kyle, until until a, a child is birthed out of my wife, no, I'm not growing up. I refuse. Right? Yeah, we're working on it. We're getting there. We're getting there, yeah, folks. But exactly. you know, we're we're here. Yeah, you know, we are here. It's a wonderful Friday. This is Name Image Podcast. Thank you for you know bearing with us through this. And when it really has been quite quite a run for us you know talk about you know cinderella runs i think we are the cinderella story uh oh, yeah. we've made it this far we're, we're really what maybe two three pods away and then you know we'll, we'll break it down for you you know here in the future but uh you know and what kind of our plans are as we head to the off season but we got we had we got two more games left three more excuse me three more games left to uh to two, two more yeah. days to be fair in your defense right, two more days right. Right. You, you know what I was getting at there. But it is the Final Four. Final Four, honestly, I think is what is don't get me wrong, the, the national championship. Like, obviously, that's where all the the marbles are. You know, everything's on the table. Right. For all the marbles is what I was getting at. But there's something really special about the final final four, because, you know, the, the banner, everyone will hang a banner for one. Right. And it's just something about it's there. But it's not the, the national title game just almost has too much. You know, if, right. if that makes sense, like this is sprinkled a little bit over two different games. There's a lot going on. There's a lot more storylines and things like that. Because then that championship, you're like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. It's going to be one of these. Right. You know, you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, it, it's, it's, it's this, it rings true across both all, all, all college sports that have the playoff format, right? Because like when you get to like the college football playoff, it's like, that first round of the playoffs until it gets extended, NCAA do the right thing. But until it gets extended, that first round of playoffs, that first day is like awesome because it's it's like you said, there's more storylines, there's more there's more obviously teams in the mix, there's just more to consider. more variables, right? Yeah, and more it's variables. Same, it's the same with the NBA. If you're a diehard NBA guy, maybe, but like like with the Super Bowl, like I enjoy the NFL playoffs more so than the Super Bowl itself. Obviously, the Super Bowl, and, and I feel like that's what you were kind of getting at with the NCAA championship game. Like it's almost too dressed up. It's almost too too much theatrics. Right. 
and I like the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but it's like I enjoyed the playoffs leading up to that. Just more, more teams to keep tabs on, more storylines, more more games to consume overall. So, right. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches, obviously, because especially this Final Four, and I know that your, your green machine, you know, go green, that nobody understands, including Denzel Valentine, they're on the outside looking in. But, like, this Final Four is one of the most intriguing Final Fours just from the basis of the teams that are in it, the true blue bloods, if you will. The true right, and I've seen a lot of different arguments around you know, who's a blue blood and who's not. It's just like it doesn't really fucking matter for one. It, it like, does, just, but I I think the conversation is fun to have because UCLA still gets thrown in there. And don't get me wrong, like they have their time in the sun, and like they will always have a piece of basketball history. But like the the conversation shifts to like, okay, what have you done for me recently? And if you if you're one who buys into that, then maybe not. If you are, then like Villanova, like Villanova doesn't have the quantity. But they're three and one in championship games, so you can't discredit them as a blue blood at all whatsoever. Right, and and yeah, and they've always been there or thereabouts, like ever, like really since the early two thousands. Like you know, yeah, and and what Jay writes on there is, is pretty incredible to put a school like Villanova on the map, really. Um, right. You know, as as yeah, but but it is it it's just a wonderful weekend here, and uh, let's just start it off. So the first game we have, because of course, like they weren't going to put Duke North Carolina as the first game, but. Uh, <laughs> We have Villanova, Kansas, and I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're a Kansas basketball fan, now's the time to turn it off because I got a lot of hate for Kansas. It's, Lots of yeah, hate. Yeah. And it's, it's been spilled out. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about it now. Um, I got a lot of hate for Kansas. I just do. They they knocked out our beloved Miami Hurricanes, even yep. though the Hurricanes put up a great, you know, great first half. Um, but uh, I'm all Villanova for this one. And I know they yeah. lost one of their best players, which fucking sucks, but – it's just uh, Bill Self must be. It, it's, to, it's to the point where it's like you know how much I hate Duke and Coach K, but it's a different kind of hate. It, it's right, you know, like I Duke's almost like that big brother that you're just like you just that just keeps punking on you every fucking time you guys play, and then you know anytime you can get a, a you know a good shot or a good win on him, it feels good. Right, Kansas is a team I just fucking hate. They're well, that it's, down the street that's just a fucking loser who cheats at everything and then right. gets away with it. And, it, and it's it's the and I'm gonna fuck up with the the old adages, but it's like uh, an enemy of my enemy is my friend type deal. Like like your your distaste for Duke, understandable because it, it is to be argued like MSU and Duke's kind of rises. Is there's parallels there, and they they always seem to meet up in the tournament, and it's like there's a little bit of a little bit of rivalry there. But when you look at it from the perspective of Sparty and the Blue Devils, we all we all hate Kansas. Like I think there's a there's a mutual respect, especially between like Izzo and Coach K. I think everybody just mutually hates Kansas and their fans and just everything about right. Kansas, the location. I hate it all, all of it. Well, and what's funny is that you know on Reddit, like when you're on the college basketball Reddit's and the game threads and stuff, like everyone has a flare next to their name, right? And so you can see like the one I'm looking at right now is Virginia Cavaliers, Miami Hurricanes, you know Connecticut Huskies, things like that, and. uh, Kansas fans have just gotten to, I think, to the point, Kansas basketball fans, where no one wants to fucking listen to them. Like, just no, no. one. That, like, no. they just had to sit in these little message boards and just these chat rooms and just talk with each other to the point where they're just in their own echo chamber and they're just insufferable. Right. Just insufferable. Well, and they're, and they're, it's, it's the same, it's the same kind of, it, it follows the same pattern of Arizona and Sean Miller, right? Like, once, like, in the fact that, like, Kansas is, like, it's, it's public knowledge that they're, an active investigation for like multiple NCAA violations. And then we just don't want to talk about that part. That's a different discussion, but like, it's the same thing with Sean Miller when he was at Arizona. It was like, once it kind of boiled to the top of like, okay, your success is all just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Cause you're just cheating. Right. 
like the narrative died for Arizona and Arizona has a really good, like had a really good team this year, I should say, but I feel like they just never got the national spotlight. They maybe deserved just because it's the same thing where it was like, we kind of just wrote off Arizona. Why we haven't written off Kansas is, is beyond me. Cause like you pointed out, we watched the game together last week. And like there's just multiple, multiple violations and investigations going on into bill self and the Kansas program. And we're all just like, just willing to turn a blind eye. So Yes, it, in the grand scheme of things, and we're not going to give the one Twitter Twitter beef follower that we had on behalf of our friend Daddy Fat Stacks. But you can take your four chins and leave town. Like we don't, right. we don't care about you. Nobody likes and you. It's fraudulent. Say something nice about Kansas. Yeah, Bill Self's a really good coach. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, this was just one of those things where the NCAA just kind of dragged their heels because I'm sure they needed they need these types of teams to do to do well. It's just gotten out of control now, and it's just. And what's 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 funny is North Carolina also is under investigation. Duke has their own things with their private school, so you're never gonna fucking find anything out. So good luck. Yep. But it and, and like Villanova, technically in the past, like in the early 2000s, they had some different violations and stuff too. But don't be wrong, everyone cheats. I like right. I I completely understand how college basketball has worked. Everyone has cheated to an extent. You know, but there are absolutely degrees to this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely degrees yeah. to this. And Kansas, in my <laughs> well, mind, is just the worst. Well, you're never going to be able to convince me otherwise. If you're talking about UNC, we could argue lack of degrees because they just don't go to school. Right. Like they right. just right. I mean, <laughs> that was the best, and it's just perfect that you know that like these teams are on on display. Because listen, you know, whoever said cheaters never prosper? Like I said, never watch Kansas basketball. Never really watch college basketball in general because I think I think cheating cheating does prosper well and, and it's 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 it, and i'm not the first one to bring up you can file it under conspiracy theory or just connecting loose dots but i feel like this is maybe and we'll, we'll never know the truth but i feel like behind closed doors this is maybe what kind of propelled that conversation to bring in nil is i think the ncaa was just so tired of having to just clean up and do pr work around all these programs that are just blatantly cheating I think now they're just kind of like they threw the NIL out there, threw open that door for everybody because now they can kind of just shuffle and like bury everything under that bucket of like, well, you know, like, oh, well, they got paid. Oh, well, it was technically through a foundation. And in, in reality, we're just creating a middleman from the booster to the recruit, which is, is it, is it ruining? Is it tainting the integrity of college sports as we know it? Yes. But we also have to understand the fact that like college sports that, you know, our grandpappies loved isn't nearly the, the same thing that it is nowadays. I right. mean, we're, we're generating billions, if not trillions of dollars right. and, off and, of NCAA sports. And I, I have zero, I, like I said, way back in the day, I used to have problems with people getting paid. But and now I don't. But there's a huge difference of once that recruits on campus and enrolled, sure, make all the money right. you want. But you, right. like enticing the recruits to come to your school you know, to make money or, you know, paying them to come is, has always been illegal and it will always be illegal. Right. You, you see Memphis right now under investigation because they just assumed, oh, well, this is just how it works now with NIL. And it's like, no, like that, that, that's not how we, right. our good friend, Mr. Blevins mentioned it too. Right. Th like that'll never be allowed. No. And the amount of times I've seen a top recruit that we're going after, which is always kind of rare, Michigan State always kind of goes for like the four stars, things like that. But whenever it was a five star and it would always be Michigan State, Kansas, North Carolina, and they picked the fucking Kansas or North Carolina hat every time. Then to the later extent, Duke, 
it was yep. just like it just didn't sit well with us. It never sat right. well with me, and it's just you know I always just think what could have been, but you know right. there, there's integrity. But anyways, let's well and and what real quick before we move on, as shout out again to our dear friend Mr. Blevins, it, like he pointed out, unless Congress intervenes, none of this is ever going to like remedy itself. Right. And so I understand what you're saying. We're like, like as a recruiter, you can't go in and say like, Hey, you know, you come to Texas, like we're, here's the X, like just here's the X amount of dollars you're gonna get. But now what they're enabled to do is they can just kind of like, like, oops, like, Oh, oh, public knowledge. Like we have the flapjack foundation. Hey, big fella, if you want to come play for Texas, like I'm just saying our guys are getting $50,000. Like I'm not promising that money, but I'm just saying like, here's what the other guys are doing. And so that's what I mean. Like, it's just muddying the waters beyond repair to where, like, we're never going to be able to put that cat back in the bag. And I feel like the NCAA is just kind of using this to kind of just throw a cloud over all of these, you know, pay to play and, and different bags being dropped to different people. You know, in Tennessee, they're delivering it through McDonald's. Like, we're just we're kind of just throwing a blanket <laughs> over all that. that. We're throwing a blanket over all well, of that. And we're just like, OK, turn a blind eye. Right. And, and I think that's definitely going to be something for the off season is like, we got to dig up those, like just our best, not conspiracy okay. theories, but just like when it comes to just the dirt and recruiting and things right. like that, I would love to dedicate a whole pod for it because there's just some hilarious stories out there oh, that, yeah. that whether or not they are true or not, like you can, I I've dug through different, uh, the Kentucky message board has like a great wrap up, especially for Kansas and like the violations they had, but we'll save that for another pod. So Apologies to if you're a Kansas fan listening to this, just know that nobody likes you. But hey, at the end of the day, who fucking cares? Because you're Kansas, you're gonna you're gonna be here. You're in the final four now. You have a really, really, really good chance of right. of uh, possibly getting another national title. Bill Self, with all the cheating, still only has one. That just shows you that the tournament is the ultimate filter for the uh, uh-huh. for the grit and the dirt. So um, uh-huh. here we are, Villanova, Kansas. So. Um, I really do think Kansas is going to win. I think oh, the, yeah. the Villanova is just going to kind of fuck them. But I, I really would love Villanova. To well, and, and I'll, I'll play, I'll play devil's advocate because I, I'm in the same boat, and, and especially like if, if I'm you or any other fellow, uh, you know, Duke hater, you're going to want Kansas to advance because Kansas is going to give you the best look. If, if Duke does advance, I'm not crossing, I'm not getting ahead of myself. But if Duke does advance, Kansas is going to give them the best look as far as like who's to be able to beat them. But I will play devil's advocate. Villanova, yes, second leading score out. But that team's that team isn't built around. Okay, we we really have to showcase one or two guys to in order to be successful. I I feel confident that Jay Wright will be able to tweak some things, especially given that they've had a week now to kind of prepare and run through some scenarios. If they can shoot the ball good, and and it, they will have to shoot the ball a little bit better than they're used to just to compensate for uh, more being out. But I don't think – I'm not writing him off as like this is a done deal by any means. Like I, I think Jay Wright comes out, maybe throws throws some different offensive looks at it. Like yeah, Bill Self is a great coach, and obviously he'll adapt, and I'm sure this will be a fabulous game. But I do think Jay Wright brings the advantage as far as coaching, as far as how he can uh, schematically approach this game and give Kansas a little bit of run for their money. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the favorite things that you've said on this pod is if they can shoot the ball good. <laughs> <laughs> shoot the ball good. <laughs> them boys shoot the ball real good. Ah, them boys out there in the three point line. I, I don't. I don't go out there. That was foreign territory to me. What the fuck? Oh, I, do well. there? Uh, I digress. Now it's um, it's a birthday. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some slack. But no, I absolutely. It's and this is going to be really just a, a good good adjustment battle. Yeah, I I am confident you will hear the word adjustments 
uh, stated at least like 30 times because they're going to say, look at the adjustments Kansas made at the second half of Miami. And it's like, sure, right. they made some adjustments, but also Miami just couldn't shoot. Right. They did not well, shoot that good, to put, yeah. it, to put it in your words. They're, they're no, no good. Ball they shoot, were, no good. Ball shoot, no good. Um, yeah, so it was just one of those things where it, the Miami storyline was awesome. Uh, we, we really loved that. Love Coach Larinaga. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was always going to be Kansas at the end of the day. And I really do feel like this is a showdown where Kansas is going to make the title game. Um, but uh, I would love to see Villanova. Not going to lie. And because, but if it is Villanova, then I don't know. It, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah. Oh. It, it, and I, it, like I said, it's, I, I want Villanova to win. I, if I was a betting man, which we can't do out here, that's against the law out here. I, I would, I would be putting my money on Kansas. But like I said, it, it's, it, I would take Villanova the points for sure. Like I, this isn't a game where Villanova, oh, yeah. and I don't think anybody's saying Villanova is going to roll over and die. But I do think that there is an unspoken narrative of like, oh, like they kind of don't stand a chance now that Moore's out. But I, I, like I said, it's that's a beautiful thing about basketball. We've said a hundred times on this podcast. It, it takes you know a fluke game or Kansas off to a slow start, throwing different looks on the defensive end, especially like if you have some mismatches, if they're you know undersized in some spots throw out the zone to see what that could do for you and kind of go from there. It, it, it'll be a good game and I'm, I'm excited to watch it just because like you said, it's the adjustments we're going to see in game and that everybody's going to beat it off to is they'll be fun to watch, but inherently I, yeah, I agree. Jayhawks are moving on. And then the big one, I don't know if you guys had, had known this, but Duke, North Carolina, they've never met in the tournament. Isn't that crazy? Nope. Never. I, I'm nope. sure you guys didn't hear that stat thrown out there, but you know, I'm seeing a lot of this. I'm, you know, it, don't get me wrong. Like, a lot of people are jumping on the Duke, uh, hating Duke bandwagon. I've been hating Duke since like the first time I can remember watching them play. And it, it was, I, I remember, God, it must've been early 2000s. I was in Florida visiting my grandparents, but I remember watching JJ Redick just absolute. And I think we ended up winning the game, which is funny enough, but JJ Redick just absolutely torched us. No, maybe I I can't remember, but I, I from the, from as early as I can remember, I, you know, I've hated Duke. But, you know, I see a lot of people out there, they're making hating Duke part of their personality. I, on the other hand, made Kansas, <laughs> hating Kansas part of my personality. But, uh, <laughs> that, you know, it's every, you got to zig sometimes and everyone else zags. Right. But, um, but, yeah, this Duke-North Carolina game, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be, it might be one where I just kind of turn off the commentators and just kind of watch because I, it's just going to be a fucking suck fest of, oh, Duke-North Carolina, look at these, uh, look at this match. <laughs> I would rather have... The, uh, uh, Dick Vitale broadcast this game because at least you know there's some there, there's a little bit of novelty to it, but it's just going to be just I'm sure uh, I, I don't even know who's calling the game, but it's probably going to be super fucking annoying. Well, it'll like, be it'll be Jay Billis and it'll be I forget who right. the other guy is, yeah. but it, I, know, Jay, I know yeah uh, I would love Bill Walton get Bill Walton in no no <laughs> this game. no. No, uh, I, I I swear to God, if, if somehow and it'll never happen because they're just doing it as a Pac-12 after dark fucking novelty. If yes. he ever gets on main like main marquee games, I'm fucking done. Like I'll I'll listen to it in Spanish before I listen to Bill Walton. Uh, I love it. I, you know, but no, I agree. I he's called a few of our games, especially early in the season. Like the, he always does the uh, the Phil Maui Knight Invitational or oh, the, yeah, Phil the Phil Knight, Knight. special yeah. in yep. Oregon and. When you're talking about Miles Bridges and the bridges in Portland and all that, it's just, yeah, I was like, this is the best. This is the best. But, well, and I just feel bad for, and I, I really need to study up on these guys' names because I know exactly who it is when I hear him, but I forget who his co partner is. And I just feel terrible for him because, like, he's really good and he's trying to keep the train on the track, and you just can't do it with Bill Walton. Like, you just can't. 
<laughs> oh, Bill Walton. It, 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 it's yeah. like uh, you may have been gone. It is one rabbit hole, real quick. You may have been gone before this happened, but back in the KMS KMSA days, we had this guy Theo who wore he wore the fucking the drug rug poncho all the time, just blazed out of his mind. Had to call a baseball game with him one time. I'm on the play by play. He's on the color. We're we're out here. It's Mav baseball, so they're just absolutely annihilating whoever we are playing. And so I'm trying to make like anything happen. I toss it over to Theo. Play happens, like leave it open for Theo to come in and just you know alley oop. Long pause, and he just goes, "There's a dog in the outfield." I'm like, "Jesus fucking Christ, Theo! <laughs> you like fucking help me out here, bud." <laughs> Well, I think we might be combining two stories because that was also a Brandon and I special and we were calling a few games and it was like there was hardly anyone there. I I can't remember who we were playing, but yeah, it was like bring your dog. To the, there was like 18 dogs in the outfield. Right, and it was probably because you could bring your dogs to the outfield. And so like it happened all the time. Right. And in I, the outfield bleachers that is not in right. uh, on the field. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we we have our old broadcasting days. Those are the best. But. Nonetheless, we're here to talk to do North True. Carolina. Uh, yeah, let it, let it be known that, that that's why we are here. But this is a great game, and, and like I said, I've been North Carolina is not a team that I like either. I, I don't right, know what right. like, but you know, but there's something about this team, and now that Roy, Roy Williams is gone, and there's something about this team with fucking Manic and just and Baycott, who might be one of the ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. But right. North Carolina kind of specializes in that. Is just like not only are you going to hate us, but you're just going to hate the way we look physically and um and so i've kind of attached myself to north carolina and and like i said after watching the beat duke you know at at coach k's last game and and sitting there wondering like how are they not ranked higher uh they had a really rough start to the season i mean there were people saying that um jay williams or not jay williams um hubert davis is uh on the hot seat right obviously that's that's no that's that's gone that's gone well and it's it's it, it the the storyline like obviously the rivalry between Duke and North Carolina you mentioned a little bit ago like you're you're tired of hearing about it, as I'm sure even like me to an extent like I'm like okay we get this every year it, it is a big rivalry and it's fun but like eh, you know you can only fucking you say it so many times where it gets a touch old but it, it is crazy just some quick numbers throw out at you in between the two teams 334 tournament games combined played never met. There was the one time it, it was it was back like I think in the 90s or something where like it was it was maybe going to happen because they were on the final four just different side of bracket. Kansas went on and it beat North Carolina, but as it stands right now, the record in between the Shashevsky era and North Carolina, 49 wins North Carolina, 50 Duke. Like you you couldn't script yeah. a better storyline about like how one like if this was just like another in season game like that's a crazy storyline. Final four, Coach K's last season. Like, this is – and you get it in professional sports. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I feel like more times than not, these things happen in college sports where, like, you, you just couldn't write a better a better story. And we get to sit here and witness how this all shakes out. And, obviously, Coach K, people think he's a little arrogant, which I could probably agree with to an extent. And they don't like him. But you do have to acknowledge, like, that's fucking crazy that – this rivalry for that Shusevsky era is like that close. And they're only like split by like the difference is like a hundred points one way or the other in between the record. Like it's right. crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, every game goes down to the wire. Like honestly, the game that North Carolina this last time that they beat Duke, like that was about as blowout as you see with, with these two teams. And it was, it was only, it wasn't that many points. Yeah. I mean, the game was well over though. It was like one of those games where it was almost like garbage time, which is crazy. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just had, you knew, cause don't be wrong. Sure. There's, there's some like formulas to the bracket and stuff, but when they're making the bracket, 
they're I- identifying, okay, what's going to be the best possible final four? And they knew Duke, North Carolina, the, they couldn't meet the championship like that. There's just, they couldn't quite do that just because like maybe ACC, I don't know, but like right. having them meet in the final four is perfect. The way both teams got there is perfect. Um, it was just one of those is the coach K revenge tour, of course. But yeah, it's it like I said, it's just gonna be one where I'm just gonna try to put all bias aside and just really try to try to watch uh, where I'll be actively rooting against Kansas in, in any other scenario. Uh, this fair, is game is gonna turn it off, and it's like you know what, like I'm I'm almost at the point where it's just like knowing that Duke, and not even Duke, but knowing that Coach K, regardless, I'm only gonna have to watch two more games of him is great. The problem is, is Duke's <laughs> still gonna be a fucking Death Star moving forward. If you look at how they're fucking recruiting moving forward, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Are you talking so, about our, our two seven foot five star recruits we got coming? Yeah, well, so, it's funny. Yeah, the, I think Duke's number one, obviously, for the recruiting. Uh, number two is the Arkansas Razorbacks. So it's you know if uh, it's Russell fucking put some shit down down there. I mean, he's he's three five stars. Yeah, and it's just. It's just crazy, but it, it really, you do have to have quite the coach to, to handle that. Once you start getting yeah. too many of the five stars, and what's going to be interesting with Duke is is how I'm sure they're they're all going to fall in the line and things like that. But you know, it, right. it's going to be interesting the John Shire era. Well, but but it, in like it's it, we, we've touched on it before. It, it the problem that Duke could have had was the transition era of where they kind of went from the, and I sent you that awesome Instagram post, I think it was yesterday, where they had to shout out the Zubek kyle Singler team because that, that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. right. that's right. Like, but that was the era of Duke where it was like, okay, we, we're recruiting, uh, don't get me wrong, like high-level recruits, but we're recruiting guys that are going to come play for four years. And like, we're like when you, when they said brotherhood, like that's the brotherhood, like it was dudes who put in four years, like they really like commit that's their time to do happen anymore. <laughs> and it's not. And, and so I think that this is the perfect handoff moving forward where like coach K in his recruiting style, cause he, he obviously he did it well and he's in the final four. So like he knows what he's doing and he can, he can recruit that style, but there was a little bit of a, there was a couple of years where, and I say down years, relatively speaking, it, like it, it was an adjustment because you're bringing in one year guys and like you can't really get that the chemistry going from year to year. John Shire being a younger cat living in this era, you know, playing against the Calipari, you know, teams of when he was going through his heyday of NBA guys, like he'll have a better understanding, a better grasp. I do think that John Shire goes back to a little bit, uh, maybe dial it back a touch, like bring in a you know one two obviously five star guys, but like maybe try to build that foundation of like role players a little bit better, but. That's off topic. Anyways, final four. Yes. No, it's Duke's going to be set no matter what moving forward, no matter how this shakes down. Obviously, I want him to go to the championship and win the whole thing. But from my point of view, even if we lose to North Carolina on Saturday, it's not the best send off you can imagine, obviously, but a pretty phenomenal last year. Right. It's still one of those things where, yeah, everyone will look back at it and remember it. And yeah, it will be intriguing to see. How how things are going to shake out for both of these programs too with UNC with you know the, they're in the new you know Hubert Davis era uh, or right or did I already fuck that up no. you know yeah yeah I'm, yeah it's fucking it's, it's Friday early. It's, it's early. early whatever yeah but um <laughs> it, we're about to do the World Cup draw here too soon mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to USA <laughs> making the World Cup thank fucking God um but anyways yeah th- this game really okay here here's what I want. Here's going to be some of the storylines. Um, I want to see how many times Pablo Banchero does this little spinorama. I just Dude, want to see the spinorama on in on on display. <sighs> and here, here, like I said, I mentioned it too when when uh, Michigan State played Duke. I want if you're rooting against Duke, you want Banchero to make his first couple three pointers. 
You yes. do because you what you yes. watch to keep shooting and and right. like I said, what happened is like I saw that happening in the first half. He's making them. He's just gonna say it. And I was like, okay, if he keeps this up, we're good. And then you know, Coach K looked at him and said, "You're not gonna shoot another fucking three pointer. I don't care how open you are. You've made your your yep. quota basically. Look at your percentages. You're not gonna make any more the rest of the game. Right. So time to start passing. That's what he did. We would we would if he got the ball in the arc, we would we would be so worried about him shooting. And then he just takes a little side dribble and he he's a great passer. He's super big and strong. Like. Or he drives in lane and gets it. But I think there's going to be a lot of reliance on Roach. Roach is the guy who, like, he. I feel like he does nothing all game. And then it's like, oh, here's crunch time. Now we need a couple baskets here. And all of a sudden he's in the lane somehow with, like, huge people under under the basket. And he's just able to, like, fall away and just throw it up there. It hits yep. off every piece of the rim on top of the backboard and then still goes in. It's just like, <laughs> where was this all game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I think – to address the Paulo the Paulo spin thing first, I text you about it all the time, and it was it was funny for me because yesterday I was playing hoops down at Sugar House. My pattern and move is a spin. I mean, I I taught Paulo everything he knows, just the spin move in general, and it got to the point where like I did it like three times, and then I'm playing like against a bunch of bozos. They started calling it out as soon as I would drive, they'd be like, "Watch a spin." So I'm like, I'm watching him do it on the highest level of collegiate basketball. I'm like. How does he not like like you got to figure out something different? But in that same breath, I think UNC coming out here. I think their biggest objective is to just just muzzle Benchero as much as possible. And like you said, if if they want to give up three, I think they almost sag off and give up the three because to your point, he can only hit so many. You're you're willing to give up a couple makes. You can live with that. I think they they sag off him a little bit, take away that drive, maybe double him when he does drive because. Roach Roach is great, but it's once Paulo drives down to the middle, drives in the lane, you're bringing so many bodies in there that like when he kicks out, it's either Roach is going to have to shoot it or he's going to have to find something else. Williams hasn't been a nice outlet for us as far as like drive to the rim, get in trouble, just throw it up there somewhere. And he's been like, he'll be there. Uh, you're the guy who you insulted and said is ugly, which you're not wrong. Armando Baycott. I feel like gives a better match. Probably one of the best matchups that Williams will see uh, so far this tournament oh, yeah. as far as a yeah, big yeah. on big. So I, I, I'm i interested to see how that's going to play out because Williams has been huge, huge for us the last two, three games. Like just having him down there to do offensive rebound, obviously, but also just to kind of be the garbage collector, like like the, th- the throw up, just throw it up towards the rim. He'll be there. I think that that'll that'll be interesting as that plays out because if he can if he could produce for us, I really, really like our chances. But I think... If you're North Carolina, you're willing to d- muzzle Benchero as much as possible, kind of take away the drive to the bucket because, like you said, he's he's j- big and strong, and like he's a good facilitator. If you if he can get in the middle and collapse the defense, he knows where to put the ball. So I think you almost sag off of him, let him kind of operate out on the the wings, out by the three point line, and then if you can if you can put a body and you kind of contain Williams to an extent. Then you're putting all the pressure on all the guard play for Duke, which has been good so far, in, in the, especially in the last game. But we're not like these guys aren't known for being sharpshooters. So if if do if UNC wins this game, I think it's because you muzzle Benchero, kind kind of keep him just locked down, force Williams to you know make hard earned points at the paint, just keep a body on him constantly, and then make the guards beat you. Because I, I I when I look at the Duke roster, I think the guard play is the weakest of the three levels of basketball. But for all we know, I could say this and then Roach could come out and hit like six threes right in my face and just dance on my grave, which I'd be more than okay with. But I mean, this has got, this has got Joey Baker breakout game written all over it. 
<laughs> but he's so <laughs> bad. He is so fucking bad is the Dude, problem. It's just it there it always comes a time in the tournament where like it's just the it, it just has to be. It just has to be the Joey Baker breakout game and uh, it's yes, just that's fair. The, the Duke Championship cannot be won without the super annoying white guy who comes off the bench and somehow makes two or three threes when they really need it. And it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Well, and so (laughs) Joey Baker game, we could hope and pray. I don't think it's going to happen because he just, especially the road, like the rotations and the lineups like coach K's with thrown out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get a lot pretty tight. Yeah. Right. And and it's hard for Joey Baker, Joey Baker, like in in regular season, like when we were getting up on teams and we had those comfortable leads, like where we can let him go out there and like really kind of warm up. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. So be it. But that's not, this is not the case because on the flip side of the ball, you know, who's annoyingly going to have the game of their fucking life. And it's going to drive me insane is Brady Manick, who I personally just, I love, I hate that he plays for North Carolina. I fucking love him because he's like I, I sent out a tweet a couple days ago. Like he's everything I wish I was. Just tall, could shoot the ball well, but he can also drive to the paint. And he get he'll get one dunk a game where it's like the most unathletic, just one hand barely over the rim, and he'll drag that rim down all the way through the process just to really get a good emphasis on it. And his hair will be flopping everywhere, and he'll be hyping up the crowd and want we'll to fucking take a timeout, and it's just going to be a disaster. But that dude could be the dagger. That ends Duke if he just pops off. Yeah, it, in, until the refs uh, get that little whistle going, just a little. Just a little you were, <laughs> Kansas is paying players. We haven't figured out. Pay the fucking refs. They're gonna win the game for you. I don't care who you put out there. You put the Fab sure. Five out there. If the refs on our side, it's a wrap, bud. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, no. It, I I hope it doesn't get to that. And it, we, we you got to have the best players on the court in this game. You just have to. Um, right. Yeah, it's. it's, it's I would be shocked if if we see more than I'll put the number at three. If you see more than three guys come off the bench for Duke, I think it's going to be the starting five, and then they're just going to do just long stretches, but just kind of quick rotations out, especially at the guards. Just keep those fresh bodies, keep them moving. You know, make sure we got some speed out there. Banchero is notorious for losing like seven pounds of sweat and cramping up, and he drinks his special juice. So like he'll probably need a break. And at that point, it's like we just have to hope and pray that like we can kind of stave off a, a UNC run because outside of our starting five, especially when it comes to that forward and, and center play, Johns is okay. I like it. He looks big and he's got so he's got a good build to him. He's not Theo John isn't your Mark Williams. He's not the same production that you're going to get out of him. So I expect the starting five to play a lot, a lot of minutes and just some quick just breaths, just kind of break it up, give him some breaths, and then keep him moving. Really, where this is going to come down to is the rebounding. So we'll, we'll see if Williams, it, right? It's Williams for Duke. Yep. yep. Yeah. He's just like he doesn't look big, and then all of a sudden you see how long his arms are, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's why he right. just blocks every shot. It's just because he's he's just kind of I don't know. He, he's not like your tradition. You don't look at him and think, oh, this guy's huge and, and going to protect the paint. But right. Yeah. It's, he he uh, won't. He won't. And I say this endearingly, Mark Williams. I know you listen to this. He won't pan out in the NBA because he's. Like you just you hit it on the head. He's he's got the seven foot build. He's he's lanky. Doesn't really have a good like outside game really. I, and he could develop it for all I know. I could be wrong. But like you look at like dudes of the NBA now. It's like Kevin Durant and Giannis are scoring at every. NBA needs those the, guys to come off the bench and just get those few rebounds. Right, the ones where it's just like right. Xavier Tillman is a great example. You know, he was I loved him in college, and I was like, yeah, like I'm sure he'll he'll make some sort of career in the NBA, and he has. He, he plays for Memphis, and they just throw him in there. It's like go bang around and get some fucking rebounds. Yep. 
It's like, yep, yes, coach. You know, well, you know, it's 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 a it's the Hassan Whiteside career. You're, you're never gonna be, Fuck. you know, the huge. You know, he, he had a, he had his run there for a few years on the Heat. He was really good, but like. He, he comes in for the jazz and he just puts up boards and he'll collect some fucking lob pass, you know, for some dunks and he'll, he'll, he'll make a very good career out of just being a second string center, which is what you're alluding to with Mark Williams, which as a guy who sits here and makes, I won't give you a number, but I make less than a hundred thousand dollars. I would take that career all day. <laughs> Just a hair less than a hundred thousand. Right, like I mean, we're, we're talking ninety nine thousand five hundred. Skosh under a hundred thousand, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. That's it exactly. And uh, you know, if this pod takes off, maybe that'll that's what pushes us over the six figures. But we digress. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, so to sum it all up, at least from my end, obviously I have my dookies going on, but only if. We can we can get some some consistent guard play and in, in you know a good three point presence, make them respect the three point line, and then we can create a little bit because that's what we've been killing people on recently. The last couple of games, be able to just drive to the basket and then either find Williams, kick it out. You know, Roach will throw up these acrobatic, you know, up under the leg turnaround three sixty shots that go in. But you have to make them respect the three point line before you do that. Like if, if we can't hit shots from outside, they start shrinking that court down. Baycott's sitting down there with that big, ugly, pug looking face, and he's just going to eat our ass up. The pug looking guy was the one a few years ago uh, for North Carolina. He, he looked like a, uh, a Sharpay, I think is what it is. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was his name? I can't, I can't remember. I, but you know exactly what I'm talking I know, about. I know. Again, and I'm going to tread lightly because Duke did have Sheldon Williams back in the day, which is oh, probably right. too long ago. That guy was uglier than sin. But I just love ugly basketball players. It's the, it's just the best. Because they're always the best. They're always the best. Like a Brady Manic from his time from I saw a graphic the other day. It was it was a picture of every year of his collegiate career right. from Oklahoma UNC. Like the dude just gets uglier and uglier. And he just well, strokes, just strokes. Well, I think that's the recipe for success because if you're too good looking, like you're going to be, you're going to be getting NIL deals. You're going to go into the clubs. You're going to be ha- right. hanging out with all the chicks. When you're right. ugly, you just spend that time in the gym. Cause right. it's just, you know, the, you know, there's nothing that the, the game of college basketball, it does not, you know, the beauty is internal, right? The huh. beauty is in the shot. It's that's not, why, that's why we won so many intramural championships. We're all ugly. Like, we couldn't go hang out with girls. We're just like, well, we might as well just go practice flag football and go get some runs in the math bath. And then we won. At what right. cost, though? Because there was no pussy in our radars. None. <laughs> you're, lu- you're lucky you found your wife. I'm lucky I found my wife. Brandon figured it out years and years later. But there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of coochie floating around for us boys. <laughs> no, surprisingly not. Not for the intramural flag football. We, we, used to, we used to slide up to the parties behind your sister and just hope to God they didn't realize that there was about 10 dicks and, and one chick. We're just like, hey, just hey, we are the most in. unassuming. We are the, hey, listen, we are not here to take anything from anyone. Right. Right. And they they figured that out. Like they caught on eventually. And there's like, oh, it's it's essentially like the make a wish kids. They're like, oh, look, like, yeah, how nice. Bring them on in. We just we just want to stand awkwardly in your overcrowded living room for about an hour. Say we went out, hit the fucking Taco Bell and go home. Like I have no interest in being here any longer. I have to be. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's really – I mean, that's that's the Final Four in a nutshell. <laughs> it, it's going to be good. It always is. Love the Final Four. Um, you know, it's it's just it, – it's something that really kind of encapsulate, encapsulates the whole season. It puts a nice bow on on the college year, and it's like, okay, now you can kind of relax. But, 
you know, a- after these two games, I mean, yeah, as a podcast, we're gonna we're gonna be making just a little, you know, a couple changes. We're gonna have a really fun off season for you guys, and oh, like yeah. I said, I've kind of teased that already. Um, but we're really gonna need your guys' input as well. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, we'll because we, like you said, we have a ton of good idea. We're already brainstorming good content. We'll have plenty of content. Like the episodes will be there. I promise. Like you'll tune in every week. We'll have some good stuff for you. I'll make it my own personal mission to try to be like somewhat knowledgeable about college baseball, just so we can mention it. We're not going to go into it. I don't know fucking dick about baseball. We'll make it enough to where we can just mention who's doing good. But like right. you know, we'll have that little tie. But yeah, tons of good. Well, stuff. Well, and we have yeah, spring football coming up too. It's always going to be good. Um, you know, because spring football is just the ultimate storyline, like central. It's just oh, yeah. enough to kind of hold this over, but yeah. it's I, you know a few things I'm really just bummed out about about the summer, and it's probably good because I have I have some work to do over the summer, just laying around the house and the yard and stuff. Uh, I hate that the World Cup's not until fucking November. True, that's just so True. dumb. That's True. just so dumb. There's nothing better than waking up a nice summer day. It's already you know because you're usually watching in the morning. It's already pretty warm out. Walk, go get a little iced coffee, action, come back, watch World Cup, right. and it's fucking ruined because it's a corrupt guitar and it's gonna be fucking November. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh-huh. So, anyways, well, and, and and going back to spring, spring ball it, for football, it like it, it may be one of the most underrated little treats that we get because, like, I even remember back in the Mesa days, like just walking down to that practice field when they did the spring ball, little spring scrimmage, sit on the retaining wall, just watch a little football. It's 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 not meaningful football, right? But it's it is nice just to see the pads on. You hear the popping of the pads. The, the weather's a little bit warm, but not like egregiously hot for football. Like it, spring ball is a little, and it, and it just wets your beak enough for the next is right because like we get the old guys out, the seniors, the NFL guys, whoever. Like they're they're out. You get the first kind of look of the the next next season product on the field, so it wets the beak just enough to tide you over until obviously the real deal in fall rolls back around. So it, it is underrated, and thankfully I like golf, so I like golf golf will hold me over because I can't watch baseball. I just I don't know how people do it. Dylan McGraw's a psychopath and can watch every Rockies game on TV. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah, and it's especially with fucking Padres this year, fucking Fernando and the lockout and all that oh, stupid shit. Yeah. And um, but and then but hey, we're we're MLS fans now as well. It's a nice little summer summer extravaganza. <laughs> um, you know, watching Real Salt Lake, of course. Um, I, I'm an MLS fan on TV. I, I can't go. I have yet to see a fucking goal scored in person, and it's just driving me insane because I've made three trips out to RLS now and RSL. <laughs> All right, I have MLS. Uh, but yeah, like I just haven't seen a goal, Kyle, and it just drives me insane. Like I just need one to go in the net for our home team, and I'll be bought in one hundred percent. Like I got, I got the jersey. I'm all, I'm ready to go. I just need a fucking goal. Do you have a? Oh yeah, you got. You got yeah, like well, what do you got? A Minnesota jersey? I'm like, well, damn, that's kind of insulting because it, it's an All Star jersey, but it was that's thirty right. bucks. Demir cry like All Star jersey. Love me some Demir. Um. But yeah, folks. I mean, that's really it. It's uh, you know, it's Mike's birthday today. Vibes are just out the fucking immaculate. ceiling. Immaculate, you know, just immaculate. Are we getting wings today? Is that is that yes? Happening? Okay, yes, noon. I had some wings last night, but you know, they were ones that I made, and it's just I, it's just the 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 baking at home or like the oven baked wings. They have the nice juice and stuff, but the flavor. Wait, 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 hold, on, hold on, hold on, don't go too far though, because this is a content idea I have. Like I we got I do I do want to talk wings at some point. We have months to fill, but go ahead. Just don't not right. not too many yeah. secrets. I'm not excited. Trolley, shout out Charlie Winko. 
sponsor of the pod, unofficial, official, unofficial. Maybe we'll ask them when we're there. <laughs> we'll, just, um, we'll just we'll just make the we'll just make the the price tag so low that they can't say no. It'd be like, listen, if you're willing to give us one free basket of wings a month, we'll just shout you out constantly. Constantly, yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're, they're the best. Get that little little kind of big wave on tap. You know, it's a, oh, ride ride the electric bike around today. I'm I'm real excited. I don't know what kind of work I'm I'm putting in. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously I'm gonna work. I'm sure you're, you're an electric you're an electric bike down to Trolley Winco. I'll meet you there. You know, we'll you, Kyle. We have work on the docket. We need to go. We need, we need to talk about the pod. We have to have a board meeting. This is our second quarter meeting. Right. Absolutely right. But you know, this is uh this has been another episode of Name Image Podcast. There was a whole lot of nil stuff. We're gonna get there. Right now, it's just it's it's pretty pretty right. uh, siloed into to just kind of seeing the, the rest of the season out and then right. uh, there's Listen. so much nil stuff in the works there's gonna be so much in the off season it, it's gonna be absolutely we, bananas it may have happened and i may just not have seen it we still have to figure out who this mysterious no-name five-star tennessee recruit is that's getting eight milli before he even walks in campus like that's the, that's still up in the air like i don't even know who that is yeah it this is it's it's just off the fucking rails, but you know, that's, that's what we're here for. And we are here to break it down and, and figure it all out. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, you know, Michael birthday boy, Mr. Birthday boy, yep. is there anything else you want to bestow upon our listeners before we head out? And we have just a, an awesome, awesome weekend ahead. You know, I, I, I'm nervous. I like, I will, I will go on record and say like, I, the, the anxiety is high for Saturday, Especially being the second slate game, it, and I know you have your different preferences as far as like if my team's going to take an L, like what time of day I want it to happen, because you're you're a Big Ten fan, so your L's usually happen at like fucking noon right. on Saturday. It it would it, it, it wouldn't ruin my Saturday night, but it would. I mean, a little because listen, Alabama football. Like I know I throw out these dumb fandoms, like those are all out the door. Like I, I just enjoy college football across the board, but Duke basketball, like it, it does, I have a little bit of investment in it and it does, it does dictate my mood. Right. So, and, I, and it's tough because especially with Duke wins, like you can't, just like you said, you can't really pop off about it and be, and excited. I don't, because and at the I end don't. Day, right. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you fucking root for Duke. Like get the fuck. No one wants to hear it. <laughs> and and that's why, like, I wish that like, I, I, I nobody should ever emulate anything I do ever in life, ever. <laughs> But the one thing that you could take notes on is like, if you're going to be a fan of a certain fan, you know, a certain team and there's, it's professional college. There's a handful of them. Like if you're a fan of this team, you just got to kind of shut up, like take your dub, go scroll through the, the Duke blue devil Twitter and kind of chime in where you see fit and, and, you know, do whatever, go on the Reddit boards. But like, I'm not going to be hitting up the group chat being like, we fucking did it. Like suck this blue dick. Like, no, no. Like I, I understand who I root for. And it comes with the territory, so I'm, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna I'm gonna be just I'm gonna be quite stumble, and I'm gonna enjoy oh, yes. it quietly. I'm gonna call you personally, like I do every day, multiple times a day, and I'm gonna talk about it. And that's all you're gonna. It, nobody's ever gonna hear anything of it. Nobody's ever hear anything of it. Right. You take the dub silently into the night, but uh, you gotta get there first. You gotta get there first. You no, right. The end of Coach K. I want to back it up and just make make it clear. Like I'm not counting my chickens for the hatch here. Like I, I'm just saying. I usually like, especially being really not a, like a diehard fan of like really anybody outside of like the Broncos and the Blue Devils to an extent. Like, I usually don't get this feeling. Cause, like everything's just house money to me. Like it's just it's opening up presents every every day's Christmas for me just because I get to watch all these teams. 
but I have a little anxiety, just a, li- a touch of anxiety, because I know that do, you know UNC is going to play up to it, and it's going to be a good game, and everyone's going to relish if if Duke does lose. Like you, you won't really be able to go on Twitter much because it's just going to be everybody taking their shots at Coach K. If, and, if Duke, yeah. if Duke fucking loses, I, I I'm going to start putting Will Smith's wife's name in my mouth so he could slap me, and then we could just have something else to talk about because I I just I don't. It's just going to be the worst and it's warranted like when you're great at something tom brady coach k nick saban like when you're great you're gonna have haters that's just how the world works if you're mediocre nobody cares you can just live your life quietly like it's gonna happen so be it but yes it will it will sting a little bit to see an end of an era regardless if we win it all or we lose on saturday no matter how it ends it'll be sad nonetheless but uh, john shire i'm I'm your next big fan (laughs) yeah Yeah, geez. Let's let's see how that goes. But thanks for listening, guys. It's gonna be a really fun weekend. Uh, obviously, I, we don't have to tell you to watch the games. You're gonna be watching the games. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. Um, and then yeah, we're gonna start after that. We're gonna you know wrap up and kind of end the official season one. You know, with a nice little recap after the national t- championship. And then uh, and then we're gonna be into the silly season, as we like to call it. So. <laughs> Uh, this has been Name Image Podcast. Uh, a very special happy birthday to my co-host, uh, Big Mike. And I hope you have a wonderful day golfing with your wonderful wife. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you guys next week. I love you! Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.